Hello and welcome to Stormboy Speaks. On today's program, we're covering the last, the third episode and final part of Jesus' um, resurrection and the cross. Now, we've discussed Jesus' early life with the Essenes, his study in India, and with his um, Aryan uh, relations. We've studied um, that connection to John the Baptist and how he's undoubtedly initiated into mystery school uh, traditions. We've studied how the resurrection idea is really the most hidden to this day uh, idea in um, Masonic and, and all of the Brotherhood traditions of initiation. All Brotherhood traditions of initiation across the world from the Masons, as I've said before, to every shamanic practice in every major tribe involves this idea of dying, in inverted commas, and by dying they mean experiencing hardship or difficulty, let's say, which gives an out-of-body experience. Is it necessary to do that, to have an out-of-body experience? As I said before, no, they've proven that it isn't. At places like the Monroe Institute in the States, and you can do it yourself, um, you can use certain procedures to take you out of body. It's not a dangerous thing in any sense whatsoever, but it's obviously quite an awakening thing, to say the least, okay? So to have an out-of-body experience. This is at the fundamental core of all um, tribal teachings uh, from, from a long time ago, which are derived essentially from the teachings of the gods, and also, of course, massively the mystery school traditions of the brotherhoods, which began with the Brotherhood of the Snake, as we spoke about a long time ago. Um, that was the first brotherhood tradition, and it wished to pos pass on this information in a po positive way, um, and a potentially, or should I say, an open way to those humans and, and, and blood lineages that it gave it to, to give them the freedom, like with Jesus, he had the freedom to choose uh, and this is the way you want to think of it. Um, having the knowledge, as we've said before, is one thing of the mystery schools. Um, what you do with it is like the Jedi and the Sith. Do you choose to use it for good, in inverted commas, whatever that means, or bad, you know, in inverted commas? You, you take it, and the idea is, of course, the source of all things, the field of all things, doesn't judge either way, but it wishes balance, of course. Balance is the key to things rather than thinking, oh no, that's good, oh no, that's bad. Good and bad have their place, dark and light, up and down, negative, positive. Without one, there is not the other. This is fundamentally so important and it's misdramatically in all Western traditions. It's always about, let's be good, let's be good. What does that really mean? It doesn't mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not suggesting we all go around being bad, whatever that means, you know, but. I'm suggesting that there is some negativity is important in everything we achieve. As we know, you know, without the struggle, there's no real kind of achievement, right? Anybody knows this who's been through anything hard, they know this. They have learnt and grown through the difficulty of that hardship. Should it all be hard? No, of course not. But without that, you're not going to gain the insight necessary. So, in the same way, of course, the idea in the mysteries is that um, you know, you go through this difficulty, certainly in ancient shamanic practice, that you go through this 
difficulty of you know, suffering a number of days without food and water, in the cold, in the dark, alone. That's quite difficult to say the least. And that's the idea it's supposed to be. So that through this, you are achieving this idea of enlightenment. Now, as I said before, it isn't necessary to go through that as the Monroe Institute proved. And yet, of course, I understand their idea of thinking it because then you've, like, um, think of it, I've used the uh, example many times, like a a martial arts school um, if you've seen the film Fight Club it's the same idea you stand outside the temple and you wait for three days without food and water it's the same thing it's also the same in Batman all of these are allegorical stories of initiation whether you're talking about Fight Club whether you're talking about any martial arts school the idea of the Shaolin Temple you would wait outside they would um, treat you badly and not allow you in for three days always this three magic number quite often right and um, you know, no food, no water, always the same. You come in because you've waited. Now, in those instances, you're not having any out-of-body experience, but that is where the idea comes from. So, as we said, this is where the, the, the mystery schools and the traditions of the Masons to this day and um, any other uh, brotherhood groups, that is their highest initiation. That is their number one initiation. You don't know it, and it's a big secret to them, but that's what it is. And it is living resurrection. Resurrection was never, ever, ever uh, dying. You never died and came back to life. That's physically and spiritually impossible. Make no qualms about this. You don't come back to life once you're dead, right? But you can come back to life when you appear dead, when you have, you know, uh, been dead on the dead in inverted commas for a you know short amount of time on the operating table, but you're not really dead. This is the point. It's about brain death, isn't it? If you want to be specific, but nonetheless, this is the experience we're talking about. So, in today's episode, now what we're also looking at as it you know we've made that uh, those 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 things come together about um, resurrection and about Jesus' beginnings. And we can see now this time with the cross, this symbol of the cross. What does the cross have to do with all this? We said, well, if Jesus was actually, um, you know, crucified on a cross and that had, ha- had actually happened, it would make some sense that, you know, 90% of the people around the world wear a cross. There's so many people wear it, you've got to think what that means. It's a huge symbol. Now, unfortunately for those people, if you're one of them wearing a cross, I hate to break it to you, but the symbol does not not really represent Jesus in any way. I wish it did, but it doesn't. And this is where the churches have played that con brilliantly, right? So Jesus teaches us one thing, but he almost certainly did not die on the cross. And so the meal was ever on a cross. And so therefore... The symbol of the cross, why would, they, why would it be used? Well, two reasons. I've mentioned it briefly in another program somewhere before, but here's the thing. Um, first of all, in Sumerian tradition, the ancient mysteries used the symbol of the cross to symbolize by the vertical pole of the cross. We have at the top of the cross the idea of heaven and the bottom of the cross the idea of earth. Now, heaven, as we may know, in the Sumerian tradition, is not this mystical place where you go when you die. That's not it. It is the planet Nibiru, the planet which the Anunnaki came from, their homeworld, 
That's what they referred to it as. It was called heaven in those days. That's what the word is. That's the word. Heaven, Nibiru. It's the word. So the idea represents from their home planet to Earth. That's the, that's the symbol of the vertical column. The horizontal column across side to side represents the connection between the priest or the bloodline lineage who they were teaching the knowledge to and Enki. Enki being the father of the mystery school traditions in Egypt and Babylon, particularly Egypt, right? Enki being the brother, of, as we know, of Enlil, the snake in the Garden of Eden, uh, neither good nor bad, but often seen as the good guy because um, he was giving some knowledge to humanity. I would argue, yeah, I mean, he's given his knowledge to whoever he chose to, specific parts of humanity only. So let's be, you know, clear. There's no good and bad guys here, but there are just people who are slightly less horrific to humanity and slightly less balanced to humanity. That's the truth of it. So that's what the cross represents there. Now, that's part one. Um, but here's the thing. The symbol of the cross also, it goes way before any initiation happened with, um, with the Anunnaki and, and any priest lineages, way before, um, before kind of the creation of the Adamu, i.e. the first man. Um, the symbol of the cross is on cylinder seals that are thousands of years old thousands of years old the symbol of the cross very directly the symbol of the cross not kind of like something like a cross the cross that symbol is hugely visible you can see it google sumerian cylinder seals or cross on sumerian cylinder seals google that and you will see this cross was represented in uh picture form and in many many sumerian pictures that you can see to this day um why well here's the deal um, that cross represents, again, the planet Nibiru that they came from. Why does it represent the planet Nibiru? Because the planet Nibiru was known as the planet of the crossing. And the planet of the crossing is because it crosses the path of Earth, as we will one day find out. The, of course, the and people can think that they're lying, but the bottom line is, of course, it takes uh, more than three thousand years for this planet, or possibly slightly less, possibly slightly more. I forget the number exactly, but around about that amount of time, three thousand years, for the orbit of this planet to travel from the deep outer rim of our solar system coming around our sun and back out again on an angled elliptical orbit at angles to the plane of the ecliptic of our solar system. In other words, our solar system planets all orbit in a similar pattern, right? They're all more or less in, um, in balance with each of you. you want to look at it that way. If you looked at them sideways on, they're all more or less in this kind of racetrack, aren't they? Well, obviously, a Nibiru is at an angle down, sloping downwards, uh, so the pictures you can see um, from the Sumerian times, uh, the, the angle comes up from, the, if you want to think of it, from the southern horizon, from the southern uh, hemisphere, would come up and around the sun and back out thousands and thousands and thousands of miles into space, and of course take a huge amount of time. And so, as a consequence, nobody's seen this for, you know, almost a, possibly a thousand years before Jesus. So this is 
a very rare, you know, from our point of view, it's a very rare occurrence. This is why the Anunnaki, their idea of time was much longer. And you look at this as they lived for thousands of years. Well, if you live for thousands of years, um, this is where all the ideas, you know, Thor and all the other things and all the Nordic gods, they live for thousands of years. Same thing. It comes from these traditions. The idea was when they passed this down to humanity, because that sounds crazy to us, oh, how could you live that long? Well, you can see in the Bible that even Methuselah was supposed to live 1,100 years or whatever, right? And then suddenly his, his, his years were adapted because they're genetically tampered with him. And they're genetically tampered with the next race until humanity's age was reduced dramatically. However, within us all, we have the potential to live a huge amount of time. It is untapped, and they were very worried about this because, of course, we contain their genetics, which they gave to us. But they switched certain genes off, as we spoke about. Hence, we have this so-called junk DNA, which doesn't seem to exist anywhere else in nature. And yet, they would have us believe this is the case. Well, we do because it's been switched off. That's correct. It's dormant. Now, that doesn't mean it can't be reawoken. So, as I said, this symbol of the cross means the planet of the crossing, Nibiru, right, which crosses the path of Earth every two and a half to three thousand years, comes around, and this was exactly as we've spoken before, the cause of the great flood. So when we think about this, it puts our, into context our idea of time and such a small scale we think in such small amounts of time that if it hasn't happened in the last, you know, 50 years or 100 years, it won't happen. It's like, yeah, that's a pretty stupid way to look at it. You know, if you haven't seen it, it won't happen. It's like, mm, is that what the dinosaurs thought when the comet, after they'd been kings of the earth for millions of years, millions of years, suddenly struck the earth and changed everything overnight? So, you know, as a... Uh, Carl Jung says, because something doesn't happen very often, it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. That's what he says in his book, Synchronicity, saying that strange things, because strange, odd things in the world don't happen very frequently, doesn't mean they don't happen. And that is my point. So next time you go to a graveyard, the next time you look at somebody wearing a cross around their neck, have a careful think because or if you wear one yourself, have a think about what you're really wearing. You are wearing a symbol of the planet of the crossing that gives its honor and respect to the gods, the Anunnaki, who spliced your species and made you think of them as the creator of all things, when in fact all they are is just another race of beings much like us who like to manipulate and control everyone and everything all the time and wanted to use humanity as their slaves to do their work in mines, etc. And to this day, we sort of do that in a different way. So. I hope that's been informative. I hope you bear that in mind and please feel free to do your own research about this. There is plenty out there. Until next time, I wish you truth, freedom and balance.